Hello everybody, Julian Charles here of TheMindRenewed.com coming to you, as usual, from the depths of the Lancashire countryside here in the UK. And welcome to A House Move Diary, which is one of the slightly unusual episodes of TMR that I'm putting out during this period while I'm preoccupied with my elderly parents' house move. Both the move itself and, perhaps even more time-consuming, the setting up of their new situation. And just for those of you who may not be familiar with what I'm talking about here, my parents have come up from Dorset, a county on the south coast of England, up to Lancashire in the north, where we are, to live near us. And I've been, of course, heavily involved with the whole thing. So as I said in previous podcasts, I'm using this break from normal programming to do some rather different kinds of things. Although, unfortunately, the last one had to be cancelled, but that's the way things go. Anyway, today I'm inviting each and every listener who may be interested simply to listen in on a selection of captured moments from that move. Um, A slightly odd thing to do, I suppose, but it appealed to me, so that's what I did. And I hope you will enjoy it. Some of it is, I think, gently amusing, some of it is reflective, and some of it, I hope, will be food for thought. But whatever you make of it, I do hope you enjoy it. And in particular, the following moments, an incident at the local community recycling centre with some reels of bell wire and a pair of scissors, followed by my attempt to recount that incident to my dad. Plus, the clearing out of my mum's never-quite-finished utility room, which itself is somewhat reminiscent of a community recycling centre, and the astonishing collection of trouser belts therein. Also, the smoke alarm affair, in which the dust from all the bric-a-brac to be given away set that alarm ringing, uh, which could only be silenced for a minute or so before it went off again and again and again, by waving a large tea tray at it. And perhaps most important, certainly not to be forgotten, the disappearing loaf of bread. So there it is, the list of things to listen out for. So thanks to all of you, the TMR audience, for your understanding during this time and especially to those of you who kindly support the podcast with your donations. Thank you for your faith in me. I fully intend to get back to normal programming as soon as I can, but in the meantime, some different things. And this time, a house move diary. I hope you enjoy it. Okay, well, it's Friday the 23rd of February, and I'm sitting here in the car and I'm just about to drive down to Dorset, 250 mile journey and it's quarter past five in the afternoon so I'm guessing I'll be there close to midnight. So the great saga begins. Well I'm here now and I arrived before midnight I'm pleased to say. Oh disturbed that pheasant. Everything went very smoothly and here I am and I'm now walking in my parents back garden and they've been here since 1986 so it's rather a strange feeling to think that I won't be visiting this place anymore. I think of this place as home of course and I was a teenager when they moved up here just outside of Swanage so it does feel strange that these are the last few days in which I'll be experiencing this place. 
many of you I know will have experienced similar things. So uh, it's obviously it's obviously a very common experience. Oh, there's the shed that's been completely removed, just the concrete base left. Just as well, actually, because the shed was extremely dangerous. It wasn't a lean-to, it was a lean-over. And back in 19, I think it was something like 1980, when the place was built, there was this very small swimming pool put out in the back garden. Still here, but for the last decade or so, it's been disused, really, and uh, it's now just a stagnant pond. See if I can see any dead rats in it this time. Thankfully, no, but I don't want to jump in there. And I will certainly miss this view at the back, looking over a small valley with some fields in the distance. That's a very, very beautiful view, and I think they will miss that. Although my dad won't, because he's virtually blind now. Um, anyway, beautiful day. All going according to plan so far. Right, well, I'm sitting here in the car at the moment with my mum. And uh, in the back, we have the most amazing collection of things. I can't quite believe that all these things were in that garage. We have old pieces of carpet. Uh, is it two lawnmowers? Um, a lot of bell wire, huge amount of bell wire. I don't see why we had so many reels of that. It's quite incredible, actually, and you can't see out the back window. And this is just one of several loads that have already been taken down to the dump by my aunts. Anyway, <laughs> there we are. Now, my mum has just reminded me that I forgot the toilet tissue holders. There are two brand new toilet tissue holders in the back. <laughs> this is day number one. Right. Well, that, that's a good stroke done. The, uh, yes. the garage clear. It was remarkable that that man wanted all that wire. Oh, that was wonderful. The drawer as well. He wanted the drawer and all the wire. Incredible. Fantastic. And then I got a pair of scissors out of it as well. <laughs> the lady that you know. Mm, no, she goes to the church. Right. She was a nurse and um, he was, I don't know which war it was. <laughs> right. The First World War, presumably. <laughs> um, well, she nursed him. Cool. They got married eventually. I see. And she has lots of scissors to give away, apparently. <laughs> She's got lots. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You're making scissors ever since. <laughs> well, when we went to the dump, we got rid of a lot of that wire, the cables that you had in the garage. Yes, a lot of cables. I don't remember that. And as it happens, we opened the back of the car and a gentleman with a walking stick came past and he looked in and he said, Oh, are you getting rid of those? I'd like to have those. And it was a whole drawer full of old cables and so we just put them into the back of his car. <laughs> and he was very appreciative. <laughs> and then a lady who mum knows, just as we were about to drive off, signalled to mum. Mum wound the window down. And this lady said that she had a pair of scissors she wanted to give away. And did Mum want this pair of scissors? No. Mum didn't, but I did. So I said, can we have them, please? <laughs> so we got rid of the cables, gave them to somebody else, and then somebody else gave us a pair of scissors. <laughs> we did quite well out of it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm blessed. She oh. would have been a very generous lady to me. 
the charities I was dealing with. Ah. What was the name of the charity? Beesom? Beesom, yes. Ah, yes. Yes, she gave a lot of things to Beesom, that lady. Hmm. Today is Sunday the 25th. Very little of interest happened yesterday after the visits to the dump with the cables and scissors incidents. Just organising things, closing down services, putting things in boxes. Although I suppose there was one notable conversation with my mother in the car. We were driving down Institute Road in Swanage where there are lots of shops, most of them aimed at holiday makers. And uh, she talked about a particular souvenir shop that she'd seen many people go into, but she'd never seen anybody come out of it. She then proceeded to talk about a pasty shop, and I said to her, it would be more worrying if you never saw anybody come out of that shop. Those were the two highlights of the day. The cable and the scissors, the souvenir shop, and the pasty shop. And I'm now sitting in the back garden, which is a rather strange feeling. I've known this place since 1986, when they moved here. So ever since being a teenager, this has been my home uh, that I've brought my family to. And so it's rather odd to think that I'm looking at a scene here at the back of their bungalow that I will probably never see again. Um, so there's a sense of severing my ties with this place, Swanage, where I grew up. Strange feeling. Many of you will be familiar with that feeling, but I'm just sharing how it feels to me. And added to that... My parents told me that there's somebody who's died recently who was very helpful to me when I was growing up, helped me to come out of my shell as a shy teenager. He's passed on a couple of weeks ago, the age of 85. Very nice man, but again, underlines that sense of severance from this place where I grew up. So, I think it's probably time to go back in and put some more objects inside cardboard boxes. Some more up here. Some more? So we're in the utility at the moment, clearing out a lot of things that have been collected over the decades. Bucket and spade. That's a bucket and spade <laughs> off the wall. But how many belts were there? Oh. Trouser belts. <laughs> Nine so far. Nine. Ten, eleven, twelve. So these trouser belts were hanging on, hanging on the wall in the utility. That's Where right. on earth did they come from? One? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. One of them's gold. One of them's gold, one of them's blue. Twelve, thirteen. Must be another one somewhere. There is. Fourteen belts. And counting. That's not counting the spoon dry belts. No, that's true, yeah. String bag. String bag. It's like the generation game, isn't it? Oh, pair of earmuffs. Oh, yes. The red and white woolly hat. Oh, I think I remember my dad wearing that. Oh, yes, absolutely. I'll put that on. <laughs> oh, what nice bucket <laughs> What was that? Oh, it's the third hand. It's a third hand? <laughs> it's a third hand? That's what it's called. Oh, it's, it's a grabber. Well, all right, you call it a grabber. It's a third so hand. this end looks like the trigger on a rifle. It does. And the other end looks like a mouth. It does. If you can't bend down, you can pick things up. 
Well, would that be useful to, to keep? Yeah? I think it would, yeah. Well, Dad used to pick apples with that, you see. <laughs> oh, dear. So he says. <laughs> That's probably better quality than the coat I'm wearing. Well, it does have Nikes written on the back, Ooh, printed yes. on the back. Not inclined to wear it now, I have to well, say. Well, I think it's a bit small. A bit actually. small, yes. It's a sun hat. Oh, I remember that. Oh, yes. That's mine. It, oh, we didn't dangle that? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. We'll wait for it. Oh, yes. Sink plunger. <laughs> Toilet plunger. Sink plunger. Yeah. yeah. We must, must take that. Yeah. There's another one. Oh. Three. <laughs> Are you sure there aren't any more? <laughs> Gosh, that's incredible. It hardly has a handle. No. I suppose that's a sink one. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. There's a toilet holder. Oh, Lord. That can all go, can't it? I think so. Pick that up gingerly, I think. Uh, yes. Notice there's a nameplate there, proprietor. <laughs> Does he want to take it with him? Have it on his bedroom door? <laughs> <laughs> we put it in the garage. Yeah. No, I don't know. The girls found it. Ah. God, what an incredible amount of stuff. Mm. Another belt. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I wish there were now. What, some more belts? Yes. Be a great punchline to find out another stack of belts. And... Well, I think I put a bag with six on <laughs> in the other day. Look at this. That was all clear. It's all completely full again. <laughs> I've got to take all that to the dump. That's incredible. That, that was incredible. all completely clear, wasn't it? <sighs> yeah, it was. And it's all completely full of stuff again. Rubbish. How did you manage to hoard so much <laughs> stuff <laughs> over the years? I know. It's not me. <laughs> Well, I'm just put up with it. I should have to have got rid of a lot of things, actually. Old stockings. Old stockings. <laughs> That's for straining paint. <laughs> <laughs> right. You keep old stockings for straining paint. Yeah, <laughs> Okay. That's what they used to do. Oh. Well, yeah, back you go. Well, it's fixed to the wall. It's fixed to the wall. I can't get it off. <laughs> I'd love to stay, I'm afraid. This is all coming down. Yeah. yeah. It's been a very useful space, hasn't it? Well, it has been. It's a bit of an eyesore, really. Black on the Calcutta. I always thought that was rather good. <laughs> Please keep shut in the winter. <laughs> but that's drawn on with a crayon. <laughs> Not exactly uh, salubrious, is it? No. Pity though, because this could have been a nice room. It could have been, been plastered it was never and finished. Direct. We intended to finish mm. it, and get, but you just got so involved. So in involved things. with things, of course. Yes. Yes. There's more. <laughs> now this that needs a slight repair, but I don't think it's completely unusable. Okay. What do you think? Just needs tightening up, probably yes. with a pair of pliers. Yeah, just here, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Right. And it's telescopic, so it's quite good. Yard one. Yep. Going off again.
Yes, you Look see. At this thing Look at that. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Magician. Don't you take the battery out of it? Well, it is indeed. If it, can, if it goes if it on and on. If it keeps going, yes. 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 Why is it? It's just a dust, you know. That's what I think, but I don't know. Well, there's no nothing else to set it off. Indeed. It? What else has changed? Yes. Perhaps that's us talking all the time. <laughs> uh, possibly, yes. Hot air. Hot air. <laughs> uh, uh. Now, what we do have, we have a collection of belts, trouser belts. Yeah. Do you think they could possibly be useful? I think we have 14. 14? Yes. They were hanging in the utility. Don't ask. Put them in a, another bag and we'll take them. <laughs> well, I'm, I don't want it. You don't want so, have you asked them if they'd like it? Is it so used to their project, is it? I have no idea. Well, I don't want it, so please it. yeah, offer it or whatever you want to do with it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't want that case. Um, it's a violin that I had when I was young, and I still have, but there was a case that went with it, which is about 100 years old, probably 150 years old now. Set the alarm off. Yeah, set the alarm off. <laughs> but it was never practical, uh, so I exchanged it for a plastic one, which I still have, but uh, so I didn't, really don't want that. But it's a case for it. Okay. Thank you. Right. <laughs> Uh, where's the tray? Oh, dear, dear. Yeah, we must be on our way. Right, here we have a, a bag of 14 trouser belts. <laughs> 14 men without My mum's old car here, packed up to the ceiling with last-minute rubbish. And I've got an hour now to get this rubbish a few miles away down to the dump, get it sorted because it's a recycling centre, so everything has to be separated out into its various components before you get rid of it, and then get back here all within the hour. So I'm feeling a little bit flustered at the moment because the car is then being picked up to be put on a transporter to be taken up to Lancashire. So off we go. No traffic there, that's good. Oh well, it's great to have got rid of those belts. Very pleased about that. And actually, an awful lot of other things as well that I really didn't think would be of use. They're collecting household goods for Syrian refugees. So I'm surprised that they took some of those things. Um, obviously they took Things like old vacuum cleaners, and old iron, various things like that. But to my surprise, they even wanted things like old dustpans and brushes, brooms, and even a sink plunger. Things that I really had thought they wouldn't be interested in. But apparently, they are proving useful in housing Syrian refugees in Dorset. But the sad thing is, he told me that there are several hundred Syrian refugees who are in the area needing a home. Half of them have been housed, but the other half are still awaiting housing, largely because quite a few private landlords are saying, Syrians, we don't want them. That's quite sad, isn't it? So the work that they're doing, this elderly couple, just going around collecting cast-offs like this to be useful to these Syrian refugees. Great work they're doing. 
great work. They needn't bother, they're in their 80s, but they consider it to be their calling late in life to do this work to help other people and they needn't bother. But in their view, it's part of their Christian service to help people while they're still here. Never met them before, friends of my parents, lovely couple. Nice to have met them. Oops. Oops, 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 stalled. Here we go. There's no sign of anybody. Oh, there's somebody else. Oh yes, yes. Thanks for the tip. Yeah, yeah. If I get a chance, I'll blow them up. Oh great! Right, there's receipt. Uh, okay. Oh yeah, that's just that's the, the beat. Yeah. Registration there. It's my card. Lovely. And thank you, Tess. Excellent. Brilliant. Right now, it was through Shipley. Yes. And they advised me, and this is nothing personal. You know what I'm about to say. Yeah, yeah. To wait till it gets the Absolutely. other end. No, yeah, yeah. No, I wouldn't have it any other way. Excellent. It's fine. All right, so as soon as it is the other end, yep. my wife will tell me, yep. and then I'll do that straight away. Thank you. No, no, neither do you, actually, but it's just what they said, so I want to stick yeah, to no, what they absolutely, said. Because yeah, because there's so many people jumping on this. All right, well, thank you very much. You, you will. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Tuesday. This is the day before the move. Things are a bit hectic, of course. So we have the removals chaps at my parents' bungalow, and they are packing most of the stuff, but leaving things for overnight because the actual move is tomorrow. So they're packing up, and uh, it just so happens that my dad has to have an injection on the same morning. So, as you know, he's disabled, so it's been very time consuming getting him into his wheelchair, getting him up, getting him dressed, getting him washed, breakfast, into his wheelchair, into the car, down to Swanage, back out of the wheelchair, leaving the men there to pack up. I'm just hoping they're not packing up things that we don't want them to pack up. So I'm going back now to check on what they're doing. Because it would be really annoying if they packed up something that we really do need for overnight. And the really annoying thing is, Having just got to the health centre, got my dad back into the wheelchair. We're fortunate to get a disabled parking space. Can you believe that whoever designed that parking area left curb stones all the way around the disabled parking area? So you have to then wheel your relative out into the road where all the cars are passing you in order to find a, a lowered piece of curb stone to get up onto the pavement. Can you believe that? Whoever designed that, well, what can I say? Mind you, this is Dorset. Dozy Dorset. No, I know. You can find that sort of ineptitude anywhere. So, let's see if I can get back there and hope that they're not packing things we desperately need. Yeah, so how are things going? Yeah, good. No issues? No. Wonderful. It's all good. What was it was out of packing and then when you get back and get out of the way. Right, right, very good. Uh, you were expecting a piano, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking, oh, are they, did they come here this morning thinking, I don't remember that being itemised, but it was... No, it's on white paperwork. Ah, good, yeah. good. Three chairs in here, you want that? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Three chairs. Three chairs, Beds yeah. and your bedside. Unfortunately, these are the kind that you've got to dismantle. You won't get them out otherwise. You've got to take the feet off. You can have a go. Yeah, I have a go. You normally get them out of doors. Yeah, yeah. These things, but yeah. Everything okay? Yeah, not bad. No question marks on anything yet? Uh, no, obviously, uh, don't know about tea bags and stuff for the time being. Oh, and yeah. The only thing is, I don't want to pack this yet, just in case they want some of the food. Right, okay, so you so, leave that till later. Yeah, yeah, I'll leave that. I'm on my way back down into Swanage at one o'clock on Tuesday afternoon while the removals chaps are still doing their job and it's difficult to get into the kitchen to do anything as it's lunchtime. We need to eat something. I've decided to go and buy sandwiches. Part of the reason why I've decided that is we don't have any bread because believe it or not the removals chaps packed our only loaf of bread into the lorry. Now I don't know about you but I would have thought that could have been one of the things they would think, hmm, perhaps they might need a loaf of bread for their tea tonight, or perhaps a toast in the morning. In fact, one of them said, well, we haven't packed the toaster. He said, well, we don't need the toaster. Oh, I'll pack that then, he said. But they packed the loaf of bread, so I've, I've got to go and get a loaf of bread from the shops. Oh well, such is life. Well, at least I'm getting to see the sea. I'm not sure that I'm going to get any other time than this. So having driven down to get the sandwiches, I'm just taking a moment to look at Swanage Bay, which of course I remember growing up and I have great affection for. And I can see the Isle of Wight from here, the chalk cliffs shining in the sun. Apparently, when I was a child, because I had no sense of perspective, I looked at that Isle of Wight and I said to my parents, can anybody stand on that? Because <laughs> with a very young child's eye, I can see. It's very difficult to imagine somebody standing on that. It looks so small. Very familiar sights. I can't quite see old Harry Rocks just beyond the end of the uh, chalk cliff over there. Not quite the right angle. And of course, I will see this scene many, many times again. But there's just that feeling that it won't be that often anymore. And there is that sense of severance that I've already mentioned. And uh, with my father worsening in health, um, he finds it very difficult to get up, sit down, very difficult to walk from room to room. As you're holding him, his legs become weaker and weaker and you have to, you have to hold him so that he doesn't fall to the ground and uh, it's quite a strain on your back. It's a great strain on my mum's back, so it's, it's good that we're going to be able to help. But with the move and with his deteriorating health and with the knowledge that I'm not going to see this scene so much, there's that sense of time passing and of the impermanence of life here. It's weird, isn't it, how in some ways we seem to live a long time, generally, as human beings. But there are other moments when you think, actually, this is a very short period of time. It sounds a lot, 70, 80 years, but 
Is it really that long? I think back to my first memories as a child, 40 odd years ago. And some of those memories seem quite vivid to me. And yet I can state fairly confidently that I'm unlikely to have more than that time again, if I'm blessed. And considering how vivid some of those memories are, that comes home to you. It doesn't seem so long ago in a way. Life is short. And also the fact that things change. So much has stayed the same here, but there is that gentle change. And you know that it won't be all that long. Certainly not in geological terms before this is all completely different. So there is that definite sense at this moment that everything is impermanent. And uh, I know that there will be some of you listening who don't agree with what I'm about to say, but this is what I believe, that the, there's only one who doesn't change, and that is the one who created it all. Change is a feature of the created order. It's not a feature of God. And therefore, it does make sense to me anyway that to be related to God... To have this relationship with the one who doesn't change is the way in which one's life can be made complete. The way in which the meaning of life is complete. Knowing that you are not just here for a blip and then gone. You are intended to be here. You are forever in his regard. You are ever in his care. So I for one will choose to continue trusting in him. Because I don't see anything else to trust in. There's so much beauty, so much wonderful about this world, but however beautiful it is, it doesn't last. The only way in which even that thought is stilled in my mind is simply to remind myself that it's all in his hands. That whatever happens, there is that groundedness in him. That all is ultimately secure in him. If I trust him. And I believe that's true for all of us. He asks for our trust. Pretty simple. He asks for our trust and love. Anyway, there are my thoughts as I stare out here at Swanage Bay. So now, I must get back with those sandwiches. <laughs> here I am again at Swanage Bay. Didn't expect to get down here again before I left. And this is Wednesday the 28th. In about 25 minutes from now, there's an exchange of keys. And I'm not going to get out of the car because it is minus 4 degrees centigrade out there. And there is a massive wind. Well, there are some people walking about, but they can hardly see their faces. I know that minus 4 is going to seem like absolutely nothing to some of you. And then to others of you, you're going to think, well, how can you possibly survive at minus 4? I know, I'm not used to minus 4 in the wind like that, so I'm not getting out. You may be able to hear it, actually. But there are some glorious waves out there. Not quite surfable. Well, I don't know. But some pretty beautiful blue-green waves with plenty of foam. Beautiful. But I'm not getting out there to greet it. And it's pretty unusual to see snow here, but just today there is a dusting of snow up there on the hills. Hardly ever snows here in the Purbex. It's a kind of microclimate that just doesn't get cold weather very much. So, farewell, Swanage. 
I may see you again in a year or two. Who knows? The sun. Oh, the sun's just come out. Wow. Well, that makes the sea look even more beautiful. Now it's shining at me. Hmm. Amazing. Something so austere, so deadly, and yet so beautiful. I'm finding it a little frustrating, of course, not being able to do much about the mind renewed at the moment. Very much looking forward to getting back to it, which is why I'm doing this. I feel like I'm still communicating with you, the TMR audience, not in the way that I'm familiar with or would prefer to do, but uh, it just feels good. Still podcasting, even though the content is dubious. But why not? And yes, I am looking forward to getting back to things and see. Ah, you've caught me up because you have this great ability to speed in your car, don't you? Well, I'm going to slow you right down. come back with the sandwiches and there are a load of visitors now which is very nice but I want my sandwiches right well I'm back here now at the bungalow and uh, I thought the keys were going to be given over by now but there's been a delay and the lady who is buying my parents' bungalow is a bit flustered and wondering why we're not out yet, why she doesn't have the key. And it's nothing to do with uh, my parents at all. It's to do with the banks, apparently, clearing the money through or something. And it's lunchtime, and of course they're all, I don't know, having their cheese on toast and baked beans or whatever they have at lunchtime. And uh, of course, this transaction will just have to wait. And so will the lady who's buying this bungalow. So we have more time than I thought. I've been rushing around, eating a couple of sandwiches whilst trying to sort things out at the same time, but I could actually have sat down and removed the risk of indigestion. So again, I'm able to just stand here in one of the bedrooms and just look out at the front window and see that familiar scene of that tree there. Just hoping the snow is not going to be so bad that we're going to have trouble driving towards the north. We're not doing the whole thing in one go. We're stopping halfway in Sheltenham in a travel lodge. So we've only got about three, three and a half hours to travel. I'm hoping to be able to do it in the daylight. Don't like the idea of being at night with a lot of snow falling, but hopefully that will not happen. And uh, if the banks can get, if they can finish their cheese on toast and cause this money to change hands, then we can leave this bungalow. Ah, I think I'll have a cup of coffee. Ah, oh, hours later, I'm still here. Uh, I just said to my parents, I'm waiting for somebody with a suitcase and a violin and spats to come up the front drive. I don't know, why can't these banks get themselves sorted out? Well, I've got some keys all sorted here with labels on and a bunch here, which are unidentified. I can't take a final gas reading because we're using the gas, nor electricity, nor even water meter. So, just pacing around in all these empty, echoey rooms. And now it's bright sunshine. Need to leave now in the sunshine before the snow comes back. Ah, oh dear. Where is that man with the violin and the suitcase? Ah, oh, this is Mum and Dad's bedroom. Ah, oh, yeah. 
And looking out at the, well, I dare not call it a swimming pool anymore, a pond. But it's completely frozen over. I could skate across that. Actually, no, I won't. I don't like ice skating anyway. The only time I've ever tried ice skating, I just fell over all the time. And I know you're supposed to get past that point. Conquer your fear. If I never got past that point, I'm afraid. I'm not going out there to try now. Mind you, I don't have any ice skates, do I? So I couldn't anyway. Um, I'm just commenting on the empty room. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Any thoughts, Mum, for posterity? For posterity? Only be a few well, thousand people listening yeah. to you. Well, <laughs> I shall shortly, shortly be in funds, having sold my house, or oh. our house. Oh, it's, it's the man with the suitcase and the violin. That's right. But I haven't even got a pair of shoes. Uh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. The removals people went off with her shoes, so she's got to travel the whole way in slippers. How about that? Well, here's a turn up for the books. The sale was completed. Had to wait quite a long time, but later in the afternoon it happened. And then we uh, slowly got my dad in the car, got the wheelchair in, and then packed everything eventually around that. And we set off quite slowly and uh, have come here to Cheltenham, kind of halfway to Lancashire. And uh, I'm here in one of these travel lodges. It's okay. Not bad, really. But um, unfortunately, things have not gone terribly smoothly this evening. In my parents' new bungalow, uh, my wife has got the keys for that. It's opened up. Uh, but unfortunately, she's unable to get the water turned on. And therefore, it's not possible to have the central heating going and warming up the bungalow. And it's extremely cold at the moment. In fact, while I was driving along a couple of hours ago, the outside temperature was minus 9 degrees centigrade. And uh, we were talking on the phone, a little bit concerned that perhaps we should try to keep the radiators warm in the house. So we agreed that she should take an oil radiator that connects into the electricity into the house. So she did that, put it in, turned it on, and unfortunately it blew some fuse in the fuse board. And she's tried to find out which of the fuses is blown, which of the circuits is problematic, she can't find it. So we agreed that she would just leave it and come home. Unfortunately, uh, that new bungalow has an electric gate and it was shut and it's obviously on the same circuit. Of course it won't open. So, uh, she's stuck there as I speak. There's some sort of key that overrides this electric gate, but uh, she can't find it. Or she's found some that seem to fit, but don't do anything. Oh, right. Well, we're here at last. We've actually arrived. That was quite an ordeal in a number of ways. That problem with my wife getting stuck. In fact, we ended up phoning the police and asking for their advice. But in the end, that wasn't necessary. My father-in-law uh, came and there was a key that uh, you could do a manual override of the gate and it allowed you to sort of squeeze through to get out. So she was fine in the end. Uh, so that was all. Very alarming and uh, unpleasant for her. Um, and then we drove up. It was not snowy as I was expecting it to be. 
Um, there was this constant fear that we might run into snow and have to come off the motorway and stay in yet another hotel because I worried about my dad particularly being disabled. Um, you have to think in advance of everything that happens, so you know, unpredictable circumstances. So I was slightly worried about that, um, but it was it all turned out to be fine. Um, but one problem was the washer fluid. I had topped up back in Swanage water and antifreeze to make sure that it would be okay, but unfortunately, the very bottom of the washer chamber had obviously already frozen. And since the temperatures for several days have not gone above freezing, it never thawed. So although I was expecting it to be available on the motorway, it wasn't. And I had this constant problem with the grease on the window and having to time my driving so that I could make sure that I was just slow enough for lorries to pass me so that their spray would hit the window and I could wipe off the grease. So that did slow us down, but I managed to cope with that. I only had to stop, I think it was twice, to throw water on the windscreen. Uh, so apart from that, things were pretty good, actually, and we, we got here. A bit of an effort to get my dad into the bungalow. We've done it, and he's asleep now. And he says he's very comfortable. And I'm going to stay here tonight with them. We've done it. That's it. We're here. <laughs>